Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, joined as usual by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran in studio by phone. And we got a loaded show for you here today, talking Mike Shanahan's election to the Broncos Ring of Fame, the franchise tag deadline for a long-term extension, R.E. Justin Simmons, possibility of no preseason, some positional battles early on, and of course, Patrick Mahomes' mega deal to stay in Kansas City for the next decade plus. And we'll start off here, Ryan, with of course, Mike Shanahan being elected to the Broncos Ring of Fame and he'll be inducted officially in 2021. Broncos all-time winningest coach and uh, a well-deserved honor, no doubt. Right, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, obviously uh, a well-deserved honor. And if you say, well, is it overdue? I don't know. I don't know how this. I don't, I don't know how this process works for for selecting Ring of Fame members. Um, but you know, he hasn't coached since 2013. Looks like that part of his his career is over. And uh, you know, the, the induct him now, or select him now, or elect him now, whatever the heck you want to call it. It makes for a great 2021 alumni Ring of Fame weekend because uh, that's also the, the game at halftime where the Hall of Famers for the Broncos. Uh, get their Hall of Fame rings. So you could have Mike Shanahan going to the Ring of Fame, Steve Atwater getting his Hall of Fame ring, Peyton Manning both Ring of Fame and Hall of Fame ring, and plus a lot of alumni. So, you know, with Mike, he led this team to their first two Super Bowl titles. He saw something with Terrell Davis. He got John Elway to the finish line of his career. And, you know, the, the back half of Mike's career at the Broncos did go as well as the first half. Uh, no play, just one playoff went after Elway retired. But uh, you know, as Joe Ellis said in a statement yesterday, Mike Shanahan is the greatest coach in Broncos history, and it's tough to argue that. Yeah, TD giving his former coach plenty of accolades on social media following the news coming down. And as Ellis mentioned, greatest coach in Denver Broncos history. He had 138 regular season wins. Eight postseason wins as head coach from 95 to 2008. Also an assistant from 84 to 87 and 89 to 91. Real quick on that, Kyle, just a couple of anecdotes if I interrupt you. Uh, I was talking to Jim Sakamano, longtime PR director, uh, joined the team in 78 and now retired. Um, he said, because I asked him, I said, hey, when, when Mike Shanahan was an offensive coordinator at the University of Florida in 1984, 1983, excuse me, he had never coached in the NFL. I said, what was the connection between Reeves and Shanahan? He said, there was none. Uh, he just liked Shanahan's run-and-shoot offense at, at Florida. And that same year, he uh, Reeves hired Alex Gibbs, who's the offensive line coach at Georgia. Gibbs worked for Shanahan basically the whole time here in Denver, so it's just two of those hires that Dan Reeves made had such a ripple effect for the next you know 20-plus years. Again, folks, First in Orange podcast, Kyle Newman, Ryan O'Halloran, talking Mike Shanahan's impending induction to the Broncos Ring of Fame. That'll be 2021, and as Ryan mentioned, could be quite a star-studded ceremony when that goes down. Looking ahead here to the franchise tag deadline on July 15th, and of course this deadline is to sign a long-term extension. And I bring this up because we've been talking about Justin Simmons got the franchise tag. Uh, will he sign that long-term extension before July 15th? We broke it down on the show last week. Any updates or moving of the needle this week one way or the other, Ryan? Doesn't sound like it. And, you know, the vibe I got over the last week is, is it'd be a surprise if there is a long-term deal. and Because nobody in this league except for Patrick Mahomes, and we'll get to that, he'll get to him in a minute, is uh, signing extensions right now. I mean, teams are obviously wary of the revenue drops that, 
are probably going to happen in 2020 with you know little to no fans in attendance. That means no parking, no beer, no hot dog sales. And, uh, and you know, with Justin, he doesn't have to sign the tender on July 15th, but if that passes, uh, then the, the next storyline is, okay, is he going to report to camp on time by signing that tag? I would assume he will because he wants to be a Bronco and he wants to build off last season. And frankly, if he signs the tag, he should want to be, he should want to be here right away because 2020 is all about hitting the market again in 2021 and, you know, and maybe staying here with the Broncos. So it's, what's interesting is that he hasn't signed a tag yet. You look at the other players in his situation, Yannick Ngakwe and Jacksonville, he wants to be traded. Um, uh, Chris Jones in Kansas City, he's, he's not happy about getting tagged. Uh, AJ Green in Cincinnati, you never know what the Bengals are up to. Simmons and the Broncos sort of at a different category. It doesn't appear this has been acrimonious at all, but it is interesting that to me that he has not signed that tag yet, which guarantees a salary if they play games. So we'll keep a tab on that at denverpost.com slash Broncos going forward here over the next week and looking ahead to the season or the preseason, should I say. So last week on the show, we discussed how the preseason got cut from four games to two. And pretty much it seemed like immediately after that news came down, Brandon McManus, Broncos kicker, was tweeting, hey, don't be surprised to see it get cut to one or zero. Where are we standing at this point? It seems like we're trending towards no preseason games at this point. Well, what's interesting is that at the time of our conversation last week, the, the news that just came out about the proposal to cut from four to two, where you're talking here a week later, there's still no official word on this. To me, it feels like the NFL uh, is trying to sneak one past the goalie a little bit and tell the union, hey, we're cutting preseason from four to two. You should be happy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the union... That has to be collectively bargained. Uh, the union was not made aware of that. Uh, you know, their proposal is no preseason games, a you know, a layered training camp. I mean, if it's if it's the different if it, if it's two games, fine. If it's zero games, fine. Playing one game doesn't make a lot of sense, quite frankly. Uh, but uh, it's going to be a challenge for how these coaches handle training camp. It's going to be like college football. The first time you play against somebody else, it's going to count. And uh, that should make for some interesting uh, game planning and you know, personnel usage in the first month. But you know, the other part that I've, it's not official, but you know, cutting the roster from 90 to 80 uh, for camp, I mean, I disagree with that because you're, you're going to cut 10 guys who may not have even had the shot to practice for you. And uh, you know, I think, you, I think, I think the, the teams can make it work with a you know a shot, you know, a split squad system. Use a baseball term. You know, forty five guys, forty five guys, and then as you go along, you know, start practicing together. But you know, one thing about you know, you talk to Broncos, you talk to other teams in this league is there's just the there's the reality that you don't know anything, um, and that's gonna you know we're coming up on you know rookies reporting here less than two weeks away. At some point, they better say something. I would expect they release some guidelines by the end of the week. And we've already seen some preliminary media guidelines, Ryan, right? And it should be interesting yeah. for us covering training camp, and hopefully we can get as much access as we can. But for right now, there will be no individual in-person interviews for the time being. Yeah, and you know, I'll say this because you know, we write for the fans is this is going to be a, a year unlike any other for that reason. But 
if we're allowed to watch training camp practices and we and I can we can still do the same kind of insight report that we do in the post, you know that'll serve the fans who won't, who are most likely not be allowed to attend practices. They, they once again the NFL hasn't made that official yet either. I mean they're maybe just waiting to roll everything out at once, but. Uh, it's going to be, if you're a lazy reporter, this is the year for you. I think one of our strengths, Kyle, last year is we know how to work a locker room. You with your baseball experience, me with my NFL experience, where you go up to guys and say, hey, what's doing, what's going, and you run into a story. That's not going to happen this year. I mean, the, 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 the lesser-known players are not going to be written about. You're not going to be able to tell their stories. And so that will be an adjustment for, for people like us. We'll keep the coverage coming, though, of course, to DenverPost.com slash Broncos. No matter the access, so keep it tuned there. Again, this is the first Norwich podcast. And talking about the possibility of no preseason, but hey, it's never too early to talk about positional battles on the team. And while quarterback is seems to be pretty much sewn up, unlike in years past, let's look at the defense here first, Ryan, and especially cornerback. You know, obviously they got A.J. Boye. Uh, they're anticipating Bryce Callahan being healthy, but there's going to be some competition, I think, for uh, that final cornerback playing spot, and maybe Isaac Yadam, Michael Ojemuda. I mean, who's going to be really in the mix there? Yeah, you mentioned two with with uh, Yadam and, and Ojemuda, or Michael O. Michael O. This, this draft <laughs> is thrown me for a loop. Michael O. Uh, Alberto. Yeah, I would rule out Devontae Bosby. You know, he he started that Charger game in Week Five last year. Sustained a very uh, serious neck injury that set him out for the season, but he's been cleared. Uh, you know, Bosby could sneak into that. It's all about when you're looking at these position battles. You can always, just like what you do in spring training, Kyle. You preface it by saying, "It's all got, what kind of camp do they have? How do they do in the pre in the preseason spring training games?" Well, we don't have those this year. So, does that help an incumbent like Yadam, who's played a little bit over the rookie like Michael O, or? Especially that and that left tackle as well, Bowles and Wilkinson. But on defense, you know, number three corner I think is up for grabs. What do they do at inside linebacker after Johnson and Davis? Do they like Josie Jewell, Joe Jones, Josh Watson, Justin Strand, that kind of thing there? So there's going to be some depth depth questions there. And, and I think you know, Demarcus Walker, former second round pick, uh, entering the last year of his rookie deal, making the team as a defensive end. You know, if he can play the, you know, if he can show a practice, he can play the run and provide some interior pass rush. You know, he could he could make it as well. Yeah, and let's go to offense. And you just touched on that premier offensive positional battle that surely all Broncos fans will be keeping an eye on, and that's at left tackle. Garrett Bowles, obviously the incumbent starter. He started 16 games for three straight years, but uh, reliability has not necessarily translated to consistency for Mr. Bowles and then meanwhile you have Elijah Wilkinson who will be competing for that job as well what do you, what's your initial you know pulse check here Ryan do you think uh Fangio is going to put him on even ground heading into camp or does Garrett Bowles maybe have a little bit of an upper hand uh in terms of the race just from the get-go yeah I expect Garrett Bowles to win that job and keep that job and start a week one of left tackle and I mean, he was, I sound like a broken record here, he was more consistent the last half of the season, like, the, 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 you know, the coaching of Mike Munchak was making a difference. Eli Wilkinson struggled at right tackle the first half of last year, fell in for James, played a little bit better down the stretch. I, I like Eli Wilkinson as a jack-of-all-trades guy who can play a little left, a little right, a little interior guard, 
if, if need be. Um, I think he's a nice nice guy to have on your roster. Uh, and then, you know, then at, at, uh, at center, uh, you have Lloyd Cushenberry, the rookie third-round pick. I think it's his job to lose. You know, you draft him to start. And, uh, you know, one thing about Lloyd that, that they've said is he has a very high football IQ. That's going to come in handy if there's no preseason games for him to get, you know, earn some uh, notches on his belt that way, working with the second-year quarterback in Drew Locke. So, you know, uh, left tackle, center, uh, you know, running back, at, at number three running back, do they keep Royce Freeman or do they keep a younger guy uh, to see what they can do? And then at receiver, what's Deshaun Hamilton's status? Uh, Juwan Winfrey's status? So, uh, you know, everybody says it every year. They're going to cut some good players. They're going to cut some guys who may get picked up elsewhere. Again, folks, first in Orange podcast, Kyle Newman, Ryan O'Halloran, talking positional battles way too early, of course, as team has not even reported to camp yet. But uh, we'll keep... The coverage coming on DenverPost.com slash Broncos in terms of those positional battles throughout the training camp and heading into the 2020 season. Now to close the show here, we'll talk Patrick Mahomes, mega deal, uh, 12 years, could make up to $503 million. And of course, the road to the Super Bowl ran through Kansas City. The road to the divisional title ran through Kansas City and now certainly will for the better part of the next decade. But Ryan, let's break this contract down a little bit because although the you know, 500 million, half a billion figure is very gaudy and, and will certainly catch the eyes, technically the largest contract in sports history, but it's actually kind of a team-friendly deal and there's only about, about I say, 141 million guaranteed. Now compare that to Mike Trout's 12-year, $426 million contract Fully guaranteed. fully guaranteed right so but let's let's break this down and, and maybe you know give the average football fan a sense into this contract and that maybe it's not as astronomical as it seems on the surface it's a team-friendly player-friendly deal you know Patrick Mahomes wanted to be in Kansas and he realizes the situation he's in competitive team head coach a really good GM in Brent Beach and skill position players hey why not sign a deal to strike when the iron's hot? You know, before, like, their early adoptions, and I thought the starting point for Mahomes would be 10 years and $400 million with $200 million guaranteed. I got some of that right. I was close on some of that. The 503, the only way he reaches 503 is if he wins the AFC title all 10 years because he gets a $2.5 million bonus each year for doing that. So uh, chances of him hitting that, but... Um, you know, the thing is, okay, Mahomes wanted to do a deal that, you know, gave him a lot of money, but also, you know, set the Chiefs up to keep some of their other guys. So I think he's been able to do that. Um, I, 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 would, I, would, I would disagree that this is now what Dak Prescott should get because they're not in the same class. I'm sorry. Yeah, I they agree just had, that. You know, Mahomes has had a lot more success. And it's, uh, you, know, I've, you know, I've seen some sketches of the numbers, but... Here's the key thing is the first starting this year, 10.8 million, then 22, 29, 40, 37, 41, 41. Here's the key in 2027, his, his, his cash goes up to 59.9 million. Um, by then the cap should be have gone up after the new TV deal. So I think that's what the interesting part is. It's not like they backloaded money, but they backloaded the cash 
to reflect what the, the you know the salary cap is going to keep on going up. So it uh, I mean it's a it's it's a it's a unique deal because a lot of these third year first round picks do not sign extensions right away because they have the fourth year, they have the fifth year option, they have the franchise tag. But you know, I think the Chiefs realize that you know this is this is the guy that can deliver more golden eggs, and so they got it done. Yeah, much like uh, the Brady-Belichick combo, you could really look into the future and project a lot of success for this Reed and Mahomes combo, and especially now that Mahomes is locked up to stay. And just a quick look at comparing this deal to uh, contemporary quarterbacks who are in the same stratosphere. Carson Wentz's average salary, $25 million. Mahomes's will be $30 million. Uh, Jared Goff, $26 million salary. So it's not too, it's not too, too high. Obviously it's at the top of the market, but like you said, so much of the cash backloaded into this deal for Mahomes and, and through, uh, incentives as well. So the likelihood that he sees even a large percentage of that 503 million is pretty small. And and one thing that'd be, I mean, I'll never find this out, but you know, what is there a wink wink between the Chiefs and Mahomes' camp that say six years from now, uh, a quarterback signs a deal that exceeds the average of Mahomes' deal? Does that trigger a renegotiation or an opt out where they can then put him back at the top of the heap? Uh, wouldn't, you know, I, I mean, if I thought of it, I'm sure they've thought of it because they're much smarter than me with this, but I think it's, it's going to be important for the Chiefs to keep Mahomes at the top of the pay scale. And He's only 24 years old. I mean, this may not be his last contract, for crying out loud. So the Broncos have a problem for the next decade plus. So, Drew Locke, uh, some some big shoes to fill in terms of your uh, divisional rival and, and living up to that and what Patrick Mahomes has done in just his short time here in the league. Lots of hype around the Broncos, though, of course, heading into 2020, and we'll be tracking that. We'll be tracking all of the off-season moves, uh, camp, etc. going forward, denverpost.com slash Broncos. Again, this has been the First in Orange podcast. This is Kyle Newman signing off for myself and Ryan O'Halloran. Appreciate you listening in. And until next time, folks, take it easy.